talking the New York Yankees and everything around the world of baseball, this is the Highlanders Podcast. Welcome once again to the Highlanders Podcast, folks. This is episode number five. And I wish we could say uh, we're going to talk all about baseball as uh, pitchers and catchers show up to camp the next couple days here. But unfortunately, it's the story that won't end. It's the Houston Astros cheating scandal. And uh, I keep, you know, waiting to post this week's episode, thinking I've heard all the news for the week that I'm going to, to hear and literally up until the minute I'm about to record, there's more information coming out uh, seconds ago about uh, an article that's out in The Athletic about Carlos Beltran. Basically, they spoke to uh, a bunch of different players off of that 2017 team, of course, with um, the restriction that their names not be divulged. So, you know, it's the only way that any of these players will talk is behind closed doors, but uh, basically them saying that Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora were the ringleaders of this entire thing, which we've been hearing from the beginning, and that uh, Carlos Beltran was essentially the kingpin was the word that they used, and uh, they had different nicknames for him. He was the king. He was the head guy, and basically it was the last year of his career, his, his illustrious career. He had never won a championship, and he was basically running the clubhouse. Um, and basically, uh, the younger players who did maybe try to challenge him, like one, for instance, we're hearing was Brian McCann, uh, former Yankee as well, tried to uh, get them to knock it off and was basically uh, you know, told to sit down and be quiet and they went about their business as usual. And then he was basically intimidating locker room and he was the ringleader, him and Cora, which we had heard before. Um, and I guess we can go right into the A.J. Hinch interview I'm sure you've all seen or heard clips from. Uh, he's basically on his goodwill tour or his makeup tour where he's going to go around and try to basically save face before spring training. And I'm sure this is all basically to try to cleanse his image so that down the road eventually he'll get another job in baseball. And I think he will. Um, he's a smart guy. He's a baseball guy. I don't think he did any favors for himself during this interview besides the, you know, the, the, the normal I'm sorry and the mea culpa that you have to do 
these days when you do something wrong. But um, it was it was basically it was something. It was an apology. Uh, he didn't really give specifics for what he was apologizing for, except for the fact that you know he knew some funny stuff was going on. wasn't going to go into detail about it, but he should have done more to stop it. And his role as a manager it was his job to stop it. And essentially that. He didn't feel comfortable enough as a manager or a man, whatever you want to call it, at that point in his career to step in and solve it or stop it. Okay, um, I guess that makes sense to a certain extent, but you know, I, I have a couple problems. And again, the interview's out online. It was on MLB Network. Uh, it's about 25 minutes long, the interview. Go, go check it out. I was going to post clips on it, but I'm sure you've seen them. They're everywhere. Um, I'll just say this. There was two things that I had a problem with. It. Number one, you're the manager of the team. Um, I don't care how long the veteran players have been there. It's your job to run that clubhouse and control the clubhouse. Now, you, you, you want something to stop, you get in there and stop it. Um, if it means that you're going to lose your job, maybe that's the case, but you're going to lose your team um, if you don't. You know, you, we're already hearing stories about some of the players who didn't like what was going on and had problems with it. So you as the manager, I mean, you're going to lose those players if you don't step in and do something about it, if you do step in and, and stop it, you might lose some of the players that have the locker room. So I guess it's a 20, you know, double-edged sword. Uh, it's plain and simple to me. As a manager of the team, it's your job. Now, how do you walk up to, you know, a millionaire player that's got control of the locker room and, and tell him that I want you to knock it off? Well, listen, you just do it. And, and, you know, if you lose your job, you lose your job. He ended up losing his job regardless. So at least you'd be able to sleep good at night knowing that you did the right thing. So, I mean, listen, it's easy for me to say here or it's easy for us to say, you know, we're, we're Monday morning quarterbacking this thing, sitting back saying we should have done this, you know, he should have done that. It, it, it's subjective and until you're in that situation, I guess you don't know what you're going to do. But anyway, the problem that I did have with his interview was about the buzzers. And, um, you know, he answered every question pretty much that was asked of him. I, a lot of people are giving um MLB Network some crap and, and for the questions, basically saying they were softballs. But, I mean, he answered. What, what do you expect him? He answered the questions pretty well, I guess. The one question I had a problem with is when he was faced with the question of the buzzers, he reverted to a stock response of saying, well, MLB did an investigation and they didn't find anything about it. He never really answered about the buzzers, which leads me to believe, ding, 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 as we all thought, there was some kind of buzzers or electrical system going on. And... and <laughs> You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is going to keep happening. You know, throughout the course of the season, it's going to be a million little paper cuts that, that baseball is going to have to deal with. They're going to have to step back in, do a more thorough investigation, and nip this in the bud. They, they should have done it originally. They, they pussyfooted around it and tried to sweep it under the rug. I don't know how, number one, the Astros expected this not to get out with so many people knowing about it. That's crazy. And second of all baseball to think that it's just going to go away they you know they did their little suspensions oh we looked into it nothing happened bullcrap you know look back into it obviously there's a lot more there and through the next you know couple weeks months years as people start to get released from teams uh you know there's a lawsuit already from somebody you know who's saying that his career was ruined this this is not going to go away until they get in there and really deal with it so unfortunately yes it's going to be ugly it's going to be it's going to put a, a, a black cloud over the beginning of this season for you know maybe the entire season but you got to do it you got to go through it major league baseball you're going to have to go in and you're going to have to suspend some of these guys you're going to have to kick some of these guys out of the game because if you don't you're going to you're going to risk first of all hurting players who are genuinely not trying to cheat 
and it's just going to be a circus all year round. These guys are going to be hit with pitches. Uh, if they go into a batting slump, are they in a slump because they're not stealing signs? It, it, it's crazy. Rip the Band-Aid off, baseball. You need to go in there and basically knock this stuff out uh, right away. Go in there, and even if it means that you're kicking these guys out of baseball for a while, it means you know you get the publicity done, you get the bad press out of your way, you get to move on from it. This is this is ridiculous. You, you know their approach and the way they handle this is absolutely ridiculous. It's ludicrous. There's no way that this is just going to go away. And I know it's not going to go away. And it's it's crazy to think that. Oh well, yeah, we'll suspend these guys for one year. No big deal. We're not going to we're not going to suspend any of the players. That's what people want. That's what fans want. That's what needs to happen. The players were clearly the ones that were making this happen. Carlos Beltran was the ringleader, whatever. There were other players, and it's basically come out that this was a player-led thing. A.J. Hinch, essentially, yes, he's the manager. He's the only one that really got punished besides the general manager. And from what we can tell, he wasn't super involved in it besides not stopping it. And actually, he was against it. You know, could he have done more? Absolutely. But he's the only one that's really gotten punished. These managers. This is bullcrap. Major League Baseball's got to get in there. And you got to talk to to Tony Clark or the the Players Union and say, look, this is ridiculous. We need to get in and knock this out together. You know, this isn't good for your guys. This isn't good for us. I'm tired of these guys hiding behind the union, scared to death to do battle with these guys. You know, it's going to hurt baseball. Baseball attendance has been slowly dropping. Slowly dropping. Fan support's going to drop. Now I've heard people call up on radio shows, oh, I'm not, I'm not watching baseball anymore. Bullcrap. You'll all watch baseball. You'll all be back. Um, they're making a ton of dough from these television contracts. They're not hurting. They're going to be fine whether the attendance dips or not a little bit. But if they want to compete um, with these younger fans, and we know that that's where they're struggling, you know, because these older fans, baseball fans, are dying off. If they want to keep this game growing and continue to build this game, they're going to have to show that this kind of stuff's not going to be tolerated. They need to get in there and knock this off ASAP. So the only other thing that I'll comment on, I saw Pete Rose um, came out, basically did an interview where he's trying to glom on to this as an excuse to put him back in baseball. Here's my quick thought on Pete Rose, guys, is that put him in the Hall of Fame. I have no problem with Pete Rose being in the Hall of Fame for what he's done on the baseball field. To me, the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's a great honor, I'm sure, for these guys who played the game. I respect the guys that are in there, but let's be honest, it's a museum. It's a museum for achievements, so you can go and look and see these guys did this in baseball. Listen, the steroid guys, are yeah, they're not officially in the Hall of Fame. Their bust isn't up there. They haven't officially been inducted. They're there. You know, McGuire's bat's there. Bond's bats are there. There's pictures are there. Their, their numbers and stats are there. They don't have the official bus, but they're, they're, they're up there in the museum in the little, whatever you want to call it, the steroid wing. You know, put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Now, as far as reinstating him to work for a baseball team, I guess I would say Hall of Fame, yes. Do I want him in the dugout managing game-to-game decisions? I would say no. I think he's lost that right. When you gambled on the game, whether you believe him or not, that he gambled only on his own team, to me, you've, you've lost your right to be an in-game decision maker for baseball. But listen, d- should he be able to get a job in baseball? Absolutely. He should be working in the Reds front office somewhere, a goodwill ambassador, um, helping scout talent, develop young talent. He should be able to be there in spring training. But game starts, regular season starts. Pete, you're back up in the office, and that's that. You know, to me, that's enough of honoring the past. The guy's done 30 years. You know, it's brought to my attention today. It's been 30 years. That's a long time. The guy loves baseball. He lives and breathes baseball. Otherwise, he wouldn't keep coming back out every time, every couple years, trying to get back in baseball. So to me, Pete, good for the Hall of Fame. 
I just don't want you in the dugout per se. So, um, I mean, that's basically what's going on this week. I, you know, hopefully now that players are reporting, you know, I think it's going to be more of this as you see uh, questions asked of every single player about the cheating scandal, at least for the first few weeks. Um, we'll see. Be interesting to see some of their responses. You've seen some of the players come out pretty aggressively against the Astros. We'll see how far that goes. These next couple days, we'll get tons of media. We'll hear from tons of people as everybody shows up. And hopefully next week we can talk about some baseball news rather than cheating scandals. So that's this week in the world of baseball. Folks, this is the part of the show where during the season we're going to talk about results. So we'll go over uh, scores, highlights, low points, hopefully more highlights and low points over the last season. We'll break down um, series by series how the Yanks did last week. And uh, right now, obviously, since the season hasn't started, we don't have any of those results. And uh, in case you're wondering, we will not be covering results in the spring training because uh, I think that's ridiculous. We will not care about scores. I don't care about scores. We won't talk about scores. Um, we're going to talk more about guys getting in shape and hopefully they don't get hurt. And uh, that's the most important thing as far as spring training. But this will be the place where normally during the episode we're going to talk about results. Um, since we don't have results, we're going to go over something else that's happened this week in Major League Baseball news. And it's basically potential postseason changes for 2022. This would be two years from now. The commissioner is putting out there that uh, these are proposed changes again. Because they'd have to go through the actual um, players union, of course. The almighty players union to try to get any of this done. But we'll talk about the basic uh, proposed changes. And, uh, you know, a few things I like, a few things I absolutely hate. And the number one thing is uh, seven teams per league will make the postseason. So basically, instead of the five, you'd get seven American League, seven National League teams making the postseason. Two extra teams. I'm absolutely all for that. The more teams that make the playoffs, as long as it's not completely watered down, um, the more cities stay interested in baseball longer. Baseball's a really long season. A really long season, and if your team's out of it, it's easy to check out early if you're not a diehard baseball fan. Some of these cities, you know, as much as I hate to say, you know, these teams that are scrappy, the Oaklands, the Tampa, you know, um, the Milwaukee, some of these teams that, um, you know, that just make or just miss the playoffs, couple of these more teams in the playoffs and we've seen with the wildcard teams look wildcard teams once you get in it's a whole new season anything can happen so i'm all for the extra teams uh making the playoffs the wildcard game would go away i'm absolutely for that i hate a one game playoff i think to to work your entire season 162 games all summer long um to come down to a one game you know one bad pitching performance from your season being done is absolutely crazy baseball is absolutely a marathon it's not a sprint and that's why the world series is a seven game series so uh, essentially they propose the first round will become the best two out of three with the better record team having the home field advantage that's exactly the way it should be um i don't care if you've got to take cut a week off of the season two weeks into the season to make this happen this is absolutely the right thing to do you want to make your postseason exciting you want to compete with football you want to compete with basketball um the postseason for non-diehard diehard diehard baseball fans like myself who live and breathe with a you know a june game against the twins um most young fans they want action they want playoff baseball i've got an 18 year old son who 
was dialed into the postseason last year, but it's really hard to get him to even pay attention or go to games with me during the summer because it's, you know, it's long, and I understand that. So a best two out of three would absolutely um, help things, and it would give you a genuine, a better, clear winner in that first-round game. I hate the one-game, the playoff. I can't stand that. Um, the other thing I do like is the top seed in each league would get a bye. So essentially, like football, you'd get a week off. You know, you'd get, or a week, whatever. You'd get, you know, four days off as the wild card teams or the, I don't know what you'd call them, I guess you'd call them wild card teams, would uh, battle it out, you know, to see who would play. Um, absolutely, get your guys some rest. You know, if you, it, it's incentive to have the best record in baseball. The other incentive thing, which the thing I do not like, would be the teams with the best record after the team who gets the bye would then get to choose their opponents and presumably it would be somebody from their own league so if you're let's just do a scenario if the yankees had the best overall record finishing up the season they would get a bye the first week let's say that the tampa rays had the second best record they would then get to pick from the remaining teams in the playoff in their league who they want to play in that in that next round of the playoffs that's ridiculous that's reality show tv crap and that's silly, um, absolutely silly. But listen, there's nothing wrong with kicking around new ideas. Um, there hasn't been many changes to baseball as far as, uh, you know, wild card team. It's been, what, it's been about eight years since the, the second wild card team was put in. Um, it's time. It's time to make some changes. It's time to keep up, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm behind Major League Baseball trying to keep up, keep the game interesting. Always try new things, and hey, you throw it against the wall with sticks, sticks, what doesn't, doesn't. So as far as the, you know... Five proposed changes, seven teams. I, I like the two additional teams. The wild card game going away, one game playoff. I love that. Get rid of it. The first round would become best of two or three. Perfect. I'm on board. Top seed gets a bye. I'm great with that. The only thing I do not like would be the the, the second best team record-wise picking their opponent. That's ridiculous. It's silly. There's nothing wrong with the second best team you know, playing the team with the worst record. That's the way it's always been in all sports or all tournament kind of play. And, and there's no reason to change that. Anything else like that would be silly. So proposal, we'll see what sticks to the wall. Um, they're trying some other new things this year. I hear there's going to be some robots behind the plate. Hey, I'm all for that. Whatever gets uh, the call right, that's what I want. I don't have a problem with instant replay, but I'm the kind of guy that doesn't mind a four-hour baseball game. Um, I understand they want to pick up pace of play. Never going to happen, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, you can put in pitch clocks. You can put in uh, stop trips to the mound. I think they've done all these changes, and I think the stat was it's cut down on games by like three minutes. It's ridiculous. Baseball is a cerebral game. It is not a shot clock game. Face it, folks. It is what it is. The only thing that you can do is let it ride and try to get the calls right. So if it means a little extra time, give me you know five extra minutes in an already long game if it means that every call is going to be right. So... Although I do miss them, the arguing with umpires, um, that's a part of the game that I do miss. Uh, you don't see it very much. Generally now it's only for balls and strikes. Eh, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's a little bit different, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how these robot umpires do. I mean, I, I want to, a strike's a strike, a ball's a ball, plain and simple. I don't think it should be, be determined on who's behind the plate that game. I think that's absolutely ridiculous when I hear, you know, commentators talking about, oh, so-and-so's behind the plate tonight, it's going to be a wide strike zone. No, the strike zone is what it is, plain and simple. 
It's in the rule books. The strike zone is what it is. A strike's a strike, a ball's a ball. It shouldn't be left up to someone's interpretation or how they feel that day or how they were treated the day before by a player. That's absolutely ridiculous. So if a robot's going to get it right, let's get it right. Um, does it mean some umpires are out of jobs? Eh, tough luck. If you see some of these umpires, some of these roly-poly umpires sitting back down there, you know, the Cowboy Joets, these guys that have been umpires for 100 years, it might be time to ride off into the sunset anyway, Cowboy. So anyway... That's some more news this week in baseball. Right, that sound means it's mailbag time. Uh, that's the first time that sound has actually been in the episode, so you'd have no way of knowing that that meant it was mailbag time. But going forward, we're on the same page, guys. That's mailbag time. So uh, I went through the questions this week, and I did get some questions. Um, uh, to be honest with you, 95% of the questions were about the cheating scandal, and I, I just I can't anymore right now, guys. I've had my cheating scandal limit today, so I went through deliberately to pick a question that had nothing to do with a scandal and there were a few of those believe it or not so we'll go over those right now uh this question is from Jan b and i hope i'm pronouncing that right Jan b uh do you think the yankees will get top performances from Gio urshela and dj lemayhu this year again and will the outfield stay healthy all right well i'll take your second part of the question first and that is will the outfield still stay healthy i hope so i mean i really hope so it is it has been i think forever since we've had our entire outfield healthy. Uh, we already know that Hicks is out for at least half the year. So to answer your actual question, no, they're already not healthy um, going from last year. But if you're asking Gardner, Stanton, and Judge, and whoever the fourth outfielder might be, Tockman, whoever, Frazier, whoever it ends up might be, will they stay healthy? Track record says no. Um, Judge has not had a clean season yet. Um, Stanton, who a couple years ago had a great year but missed most of last year, wasn't healthy either. Uh, this is key. Uh, the Yankees are not going to be able, and this is kind of going to lead into the first part of the question, to, to be able to depend on all-world performances by a Gio Urshela or a DJ LeMahieu, although DJ's you know career says that he, he's going to play like this and he's just a great player. I don't know what we're going to get from Gio again. You know, it was last year his best year ever. Um, you know, up until that point, he was a great glove man. You know, he, he was a defensive stopper. He was a great defensive guy with no bat. Last year, you know, he was all world offensively. You know, he did start to die down at the end of the year. But, I mean, are we going to get that again? Who knows? Um, hopefully, we won't need it. Um, our lineup on paper is absolutely strong enough to take a couple glove men. You know, we could probably take two infielders. We could probably take a second baseman and a, and a third baseman who... Who are, were just defensive players. With when you have a shortstop like Torres, when you have, you know, a, a bopper at first base like Voigt and Ford, when you have uh, MVP in the outfield and left field in Stanton, and you have a beast like Judge in right field and Sanchez behind the plate, you you have plenty of offense right there that you should be able to sustain everything. I'm I am hoping um, to answer your question, Jan, that I do not think that we'll need top world performances from Gio and DJ. Uh, this year again, to be honest with you. I don't think we're going to need a Mike Tockman to come in and, and, and shock the world. I'm hoping that we don't need that. I'm hoping we get a more traditional year 
um, from Judge and he can stay healthy. Um, you know, that, that backup outfielder position is going to be very important because you're going to want to rest Stanton. You're going to want to rest Judge. And Boone does a pretty good job of uh, sparing these guys and getting them DAs, days as DHs. Going to be a little bit more tricky with Miguel Andujar, um, primarily being the DH. Although, you know, we talked a couple episodes ago. How about I think, uh, and this is my early prediction, that uh, Miguel Andujar will be the starting third baseman before the All-Star break. Um, and Gio Urshela will be on the bench. Not a bad bench player to have. I know a lot of people think I'm crazy and, and he can't handle, Miguel can't handle third base. I think that's bullcrap. I think some reps, he'll be fine. I think if he would have had a full year last year, he would have continued to improve. Is he Greg Nettles at third base? Absolutely not. Is he even A-Rod at third base? No, I don't ever see him being that that great defensively. But he can be serviceable. He can be absolutely serviceable. And with a good, solid first baseman to help him dig some balls out, which, eh, is Voight that guy? I'm not really sure. I like I think DJ LeMay, he would probably be a better defensive first baseman. But my prediction again, guys, uh, Miguel Andujar will be your starting third baseman uh, sooner rather than later, and Gio Urshela will be your backup guy. And again, nothing absolutely wrong with that. I think that's that's absolutely fine. I think he's a serviceable guy. But to go back to your original questions, I'm hoping and praying, fingers crossed, Jan, that we do not need all world performances from DJ and Gio or Tachman this year. And, of course, fingers crossed that the outfield will stay healthy all year long for the Yankees. All right, wrapping things up this week uh, for the Highlanders podcast. And again, these episodes are generally, I try to keep right around 30 minutes. Um, I'm a big podcast listener myself, and I know sometimes some of these go a little long. Uh, There's only so much uh, you can hear about even your favorite subject, and for me, it's the Yankees. So uh, 30 minutes is kind of going to be the sweet spot as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Feel free to let me know your feedback or any questions or concerns or advice you have, uh, things that you'd like to hear on the podcast. Um, you can reach us a couple of different ways. Uh, email highlanderspodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, anything that you have, anything interesting you'd like us to see. At Twitter, at highlanderspod. On Twitter, that's highlanderspod, P-O-D, at Twitter. Facebook, Highlanders Podcast on Facebook. And the YouTube page is now live. So Highlanders Podcast on YouTube. All of the older episodes are there. If you prefer to listen to the show on YouTube, uh, right now, that's what's there. The archived episodes from the last month or so are there. They'll be up there probably, I'd say, a day after um, the regular audio drops online. It seems to take a little bit longer to hit YouTube. Um, it'll also be a spot where we can post uh, lots of videos, interesting videos. Um, I will be up at a spring training camp this Friday up in Tampa at the minor league uh, complex and the major league facilities. Again, this time of year, pitchers and catchers are in camp today. Uh, position players don't have to report for a couple days, but a lot of them are already there. I know Judge has been there probably for a week already. Uh, Glaber Torres is there. Sanchez has been there. Uh, Tanaka showed up earlier. There's a lot of guys that are in camp already, um, ready to roll. Uh, it's hit or miss on what you get. Um, I'll try to post some videos from what I can see, um, and basically maybe some generic videos just for newer fans or maybe newer listeners to this podcast. Obviously, everyone's newer. It's only about five weeks old. But newer Yankee fans who might be getting into the Yankees uh, or just want an interesting look at behind the scenes of what the complex looks like who so maybe have never had a chance to come down here 
to uh, the Tampa or Florida area and see spring training. Um, I'll maybe post some just videos of the actual minor league uh, complex. Uh, it's literally right up the street. You'd be surprised at how how small the minor league complex is. It's, it's essentially a series of fields with a small building. Um, and a lot of the position players, when pitchers and catchers report, are taking batting practice over there um, and then bounce back and forth. If you've never been to the actual um, Steinbrenner Field, it's it's connected essentially to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers football stadium. Um, diagonally across, you would park at the football stadium, walk across a bridge. Great facility for as far as spring training goes. Um, it's a great place to watch baseball. It's a great place to watch games. And basically what happens during practice is... Um, pitchers and catchers. The pitchers are generally in the bullpen area, which is under the right field stands, um, usually working out. There'll be some players in the outfield long tossing during you know this procedure. And then you know, maybe some infield. They have a half infield off to the left, which is uh, basically you know a smaller field just for drills. And then um, the catchers will usually be out on another field you know, doing catching drills, working with the, the jugs machine or, or whatever they need to work on. So uh, I think it's an awesome time. Um, spring is in the air. You're optimistic about the season. Uh, the masses don't really show up for this. Uh, my last year when I went, last year of practice, maybe 75 to 150 people tops there. Um, so it's it's really kind of a, a up-close-and-personal way to kind of get a look at some of these guys that you wouldn't normally get a chance to see. Um, it's hit or miss, though. You know, you could get nothing. You could get something great. You know, like I said, I, I, I got a chance to watch Judge do some outfield drills last year. I got to watch all the catchers uh, stand right behind the backstop and watch the catchers work out. So it's really it's really fun. And if you're a baseball nerd like myself and a diehard Yankee fan, it's a great way to kick off your season and get ready for spring training with an up-close-and-personal look. So, again, I feel free, guys, to comment or send some questions my way. Um, any thoughts you have or things you'd like to hear more about or segments maybe you'd like me to cover, uh, on the podcast going forward, again, going forward, we will have some guests on, um, some interviews as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to uh, this season coming up and the Yankees capturing another world championship. Fingers crossed. Um, that's going to do it this week for episode number five of the Highlanders podcast. Go Yankees. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray.